The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Discretion is advised. Welcome, everybody, to episode 84 of Rareform Radio. I'm your host, Dan Cleary. I'm joined, as I have been for the last three weeks, with the wonderful, funny Helen Hong. That's her name. Don't forget it. Um, she is our you know, resident for the month of February. Um, I couldn't get a black person for Black History Month, so I got a Korean. <laughs> it's, uh, it's close enough, you know, for now. You know, it's all I can do. Um, but this is our last night together, unfortunately. For now, anyway. I we were just talking about the neckerchief that you wear, and that I think you should start telling people that you you haven't. It's to cover your neck scar from when you got into a knife fight, because I think that would be. I mean, which knife fight are we talking about? I grew up. <laughs> I grew up in the mean streets of uh, the suburbs of Boston, Massachusetts, and there was knives everywhere. I mean, it was like every day. You grew day. up in the mean streets of Acton, Massachusetts. It's no and joke, there dude. Were, and there were a lot of butter knives to yep. cut a lot of butter. <laughs> You know, me, um, Steve Carell, and the guy that played Big Bird, we all have the same scar from the from the mean streets of Acton. Is Steve Carell from Acton? Oh yeah. No, I didn't know that. Do you do you do you remember Roach Brothers in Acton? There's like a supermarket there. Yes, yes. So I remember when Steve Carell worked at, worked at the meat department. Like No! Yeah, no. He, he worked in the you deli. Remember him there? Yes. Yeah. No, you don't. I do. I do. Because my friend, I had a friend, Andy, who worked there, and he worked in the same place. So whenever I would talk to Andy, I'm positive that Carell was the guy that was there. Because I remember when he started seeing him in TV shows on uh, The Daily Show and in movies, I was like, I know that guy. I've seen that guy in L.A. or something. And then I found out he was from Acton. He was oh, on, like, a let- crazy. on Letterman, and I put it together. He used to work at Store 24 and Maynard and... Uh, yeah, he's, in, he's so weird. He still goes um, back there for the holidays. He is in to this day one of the funniest sketches, like back, from back in the day with Colbert, him and Colbert, and Skinheads else from Maine. Famous. Skinheads from Maine. Is that it? No. Oh, that it is. Okay. Waiters who are nauseated by food. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> oh my god! If you have not seen this shit, it is the fun. Waiters who are nauseated by food, and <laughs> it's. Him and Carell. It's it's Carell, Colbert, and then like one other famous person who I can't remember. And like they're waiters at some like Italian restaurant. And, and it's like Colbert has to like tell the couple the specials. He's just gagging. And he's just gagging. It's like he's like, oh, um, there's a uh, chicken piccata. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a, that's really a clever bit. That's a very so clever funny. bit. so funny. It is so funny. They had a, but I had no idea that he was from Acton. That's crazy. Oh yeah. it's, it's so crazy that he was like the meat slicer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, he was, a, he was a, um, a mailman in Littleton for a while. Like he, did, he had all kinds of jobs. Yeah, he was all over the place. All, yep. all the jobs. They, they, had um, a, they had another bit, by the way. It was, uh, it was called Skinheads from Maine. I haven't and seen that one. It's two like, you know, middle-aged men. And they're sitting on a porch, and Steve Carell is. Um, it might be Dana Carvey. Maybe it's Dana Carvey and Carell or and uh, Colbert, but carving a uh, carving a stick, and like, oh, pretty good day up here. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, they ask like, 
what are you doing? Oh, you know, just carving a hate stick to beat Spaniards. You know, just like these, this, this racist uh, main <laughs> accent. It just, it's really funny. I don't do it justice, <laughs> but it's good stuff. Um, I might gonna, be burpee. I might be burpee again because I live with a pregnant lady and I like, will be too. What? Oh yeah, I will be. I'm drinking Monster. Uh, so these, these give oh, me a lot I of thought books. you were saying I will be living with a pregnant lady. I was like, what? Oh. Do you have news to share? Absolutely no. not. Okay, <laughs> okay. I was like, I what? No, I live with a pregnant lady and she's like heavily pregnant. She's like seven months pregnant at this point. And so she's starting to have like the weird pregnancy cravings. And she looks up, we're both working on our laptops. She looks up suddenly and she goes, I will fucking cut a bitch for mozzarella cheese sticks right now. And oh. I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, and and we were talking about it. Like, I did, I was like, I honestly couldn't even tell you where to get mozzarella cheese sticks right now. I think it's an East Coast thing. No, you can get them. It's it, they're not everywhere like they are. They're back not east. everywhere. Yeah. They're not everywhere here. Like, I have not had a cheese stick since I moved to LA because they're not oh. everywhere. Right. And and so I was trying, and so we got we ended up the only place we could find, because she's like, oh, pizza places have them. I'm like, not in LA, they don't. Right. And then we looked up, pizza places do not have them in LA. Pizza places in LA have wings mm-hmm. and garlic bread, but they don't have cheese sticks. And so we're like hunting for cheese sticks. The only place we could find to get cheese sticks was IHOP. Oh, really? Yes. So you had I to mean, go there? Us, that would, oh, that would grub hub to us. And um, so we got them. They were very good. But they reminded me of like a Friendly's or Bickford's. Oh. Do you know what I mean? A- like Bickford's. A I spent Bick- so much time at Bickford's. Bickford's. A is for Apple. B is for Bickford's. That was the commercial. <laughs> and they don't like back east. They don't even try to change the accent. Like it's, it's part of the charm. So thick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part of the charm. It's part of the charm, dude. But my sister was. So then that started down this. So then we were talking about how like I the last time I had. I mean, like the legit cheese sticks was like friendlies or something. Mm -hmm. And um, so then we started talking about our childhood and she was like, Dan and I used to hang out at the gas station. Oh, yeah. After school because Aaron, somebody worked there. Yeah. Aaron Venuga. Aaron Venuga worked there. And we Mm -hmm. used to just and I was like, did you smoke cigarettes? She's like, I didn't even smoke cigarettes. Like we We, just we just hung out. We just hung out in the gas station parking lot. <laughs> so there was like there was like three or four of us that worked at one gas station and two or three of us that worked at another gas station. So people would just go back and forth. Like our friends that weren't working would go back and forth between gas stations. Just to hang stations. out with you guys? Yeah. And the one, the one that I worked at would close at 9 p.m. And the one that Aaron worked at would close at 8. So whoever was hanging out at the one at 8 o'clock would just come over to mine and hang for the last hour. I mean, it was, those are some of the best years of my life. That is so, it's such a, it's such a cute, like small town high school story. Yep. Like we yep. just hung out at the gas station where we and worked. My favorite memory of your sister, we were at a party and she was talking about how strong she was. And uh, I don't know, I don't remember the, exactly what was going on, but I was like, how strong are you? She goes, I mean, I could, I could carry you all around this house. So she held me like a baby, like like this, and just just walked around the house with me for like ten minutes. It was it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. She so, was strong because she was a butterflyer at the time. What the Remember fuck that? does that mean? What does that mean? She was a swimmer. I don't. I've never heard the term butterflyer before. You don't know the butterfly stroke? I mean, no. <laughs> what, have you never watched an Olympics? No. Dan. Fuck the Olympics. <laughs> 
I don't I don't like anything that includes other nations. I'm just America, baby. <laughs> no, I uh, I don't I don't I'm not a big Olympic guy, but I, is butterfly or is that its own event? Butterfly is its own event. It's it's one of the hardest swimming strokes. It's like you literally leap out of the water. I can't I'm literally in a two by four closet, so I can't do it because my arms don't like this is the like the, the parameters of my closet. But you like you literally pull your whole arm out like a butterfly wing. Okay. And you slam them back into the water and you like do this crazy stroke. And my sister was a competitive butterfly. She was on the swim team in high school. Oh, that you makes sense. That. Yeah, she was and she insanely was, and strong. Her, and her um, her uh, specialty was the butterfly stroke. Interesting. So she was jack. You do you remember? My sister was yoked in high oh, school. Oh yeah. I mean, she's always she she's like, always been fit. She's always been like muscular and yeah. like uh, yeah. No, no, don't fuck with her. You know, yeah. she's that kind of girl. Uh, also, Speaking I, of don't fuck with her, yeah, I got into it today with three uh, Mexican dudes who were digging like who were like doing construction work in my neighborhood. Okay. And what I was happened? walking my dog. I'm I'm literally dressed exactly, wearing exactly what I'm wearing now, which is a sweat, like an oversized sweatshirt and sweats. You mean like a bottom. slut, Helen? Like a slut? The slut. This is my slut outfit. <laughs> Amazing. Right oh, here. Frank, blur that out. Put, it's too put sexy. Them tits, too put sexy them titties <laughs> away. Put yeah, them please. titties and that thick ass away. Literally Damn. like, this is my outfit, right? So I'm literally wearing this exact outfit and I'm, I have sunglasses, like old lady sunglasses on and I have my mask so they can't even see my face. I have my dog. I'm walking my dog and three dudes I've never seen before, Latino dudes, and they're like digging up somebody's, one of my neighbor's front yard. I, it looked like a ditch. So I don't know if they were like fixing a plumbing problem or something, but they were digging a ditch in the front yard. And I walk past them the first time you know, and they're just kind of like doing their own thing. Then on the way back, I walk past them a second time. And as I'm walking <laughs> past them, the house is on a corner. I turn the corner. As I get around the corner, I hear. That's real. That really happens. All the time. But not in my extremely residential neighborhood. So you fucked all three of them or like what? Like, what's... <laughs> I was like, oh, you want oh, some of this? You want some of this, man? I thought you'd never ask, uh, my, fellas. My double XL sweatshirt. <laughs> and I've just, I've had a bad week. And I i just like, it's been a bad week. Like a bunch of shit has happened to me this week. And I'm like, not in the fucking mood. And I'm not in the fucking mood anyway. Because I'm a, I'm a feminist and I'm mm -hmm. a stand-up comic. So mm -hmm. you come at me at your own fucking peril. Right. So... There's three of them. And of course, because they're they're always fucking pussies. It's like as I'm rounding the corner. So I right. so as I'm leaving their view. So I turn back around the corner and I go, what? And they go. Right. Suddenly they're what? real shy. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Suddenly right. they're real shy. They're like looking down. They're like facing each other. They're looking away. And I go, what? They're looking down even more. <laughs> and I go, say something. Now they're now they're like, they're like shrinking down in their seats. I love and they're this sitting kind of on the ground. I, I love these interactions. Yes. And I go, fuck off then. And I turn back around. And they shrink down and I turn back around the corner. Good for because you. Because it's always these fucking pussies. It's yeah. like they do it behind your back. This is the same. This is like. I was heated because of all the Asian elder attacks that have I been happening in the that. news. I want to get into that. Which yes. is like, A, 
you're going to mess with old, frail people. And B, they never come at them head on. They always come from behind because they're fucking weak, little bitch pussies. And I mean that in the weakest, patheticest sense of the word. And I hate that pussy is the word because my pussy is strong as fuck. But you know what I mean? Like, like weak, little, pathetic, bitch ass motherfuckers coming at old people from behind. And it's always these motherfuckers come from behind. So it's like they didn't have the balls to be like, mommy, 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 to my face. It was, mm-hmm. I had already turned the corner. So I had to turn back around the corner to be like, what the fuck did you say to me? And of course, as soon as I said something, they were like, oh, oh, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And I was like, I thought so, you fucking bitch ass pussies. I thought so. Because once somebody actually is facing you, you don't got shit to say. Yeah. So, and if you don't have shit to say to my face, don't fucking say shit. Shut your fucking bitch ass mouth. Good for you. I mean, yeah. seriously, good for you. I mean, I, 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 I wish that happened more. And well, first of all, I wish that guys did that less. I, I've, I'm, I'm happy to say I've never known dudes like that, that like do the cat calls. That or you like know of. Follow, true. That's true. Right. But uh, I've never had friends who like will follow a girl like, come on, baby, come back to my place. Like none of that shit. But it happens every girl I know. It's like a, it's a real thing. It's fucking crazy. It's such a real thing. And it's like, does it ever work? It's just them getting their yayas on. And it's, it's like, it's partly them like getting their, like, I don't know what they get out of it. I honestly, in that scenario, because there's three of them, it's just them like fronting for each other. Right. Right. Like, check, yo, check this out. And for me, I make it a point to stand up for myself because I'm a small Asian woman. And, we're target like people think like she ain't gonna say shit she's you know a does she even speak english and b like they're meek they're shy they're quiet whatever and i'm like yo you picked the wrong fucking asian woman in the wrong week yeah in the wrong week but generally yeah but in the wrong week like i'm fucking so i said it real loud i was like i fucking thought so fuck off fuck off good for you and then and then I'm yelling at my dog because my dog, like, like, dog, Dodger, this would have been a good time for you to start barking. Yeah. yeah Little yeah. asshole. Dodger's like, <laughs> Dodger's is there like. Are we going to play with them? Or are we not? Are we going home? What are we doing here, mom? What are we I'm doing? Like, Dodger, come on. It's me against three dudes. Like, can you not back me up here? That's frustrating. <laughs> That's frustrating. But good for you. I mean, yeah, Thank these, you. uh, I want to, uh, let me quickly do say hello to our new, uh, Patreon subscribers. And then I want to talk about these Asian attacks because. There's some there's some weird shit going down in this country right now. Um, so obviously, uh, last week we talked a bit about the uh, Marilyn Manson stuff, and I don't want to get back into a bunch of that tonight. But um, the show went live early as it does every week on Patreon, so a lot of people wanted to. I assume that's where all these people came from because it's a lot of them. So to our new Patreon subscribers, I want to say hello to Ashley Walters. Chris Smith, Brett Grace, Aaron Scott, Christina Matwani, Kevin Sheridan, Trent Reznor, which I don't know if that's the real one or if it's like someone's pseudonym for an email, but either way, what's up, Trent? Good to hear from you again. Hey, Trent. <coughs> Big fan. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, Adam Chabi, Brett Roberts, Haley Miller, um, Mernoush Ansan, and Ashley Harrison. Thank you guys very much. Good to have you. If you leave after this month, I understand. If you stay, it'll be worth it. Um, thank you, everybody. So yeah, so there's these uh, 
these random mass attacks that have been, I mean, spread out over the year because I assume it comes from COVID and like Wuhan, China or some fucking bullshit. But in recent weeks or month, yeah, I mean, walk us through what's going on from your point of view. So basically, there has been a rise of anti-Asian sentiment since the beginning of COVID because, you know, people were calling it the Wuhan virus, the China virus, Kung, Kung flu. flu. I mean, our pre- the president at the time, Trump, was calling it Kung Flu. Cool, dude. Which is like, mm, hilarious, bro. Yeah. Good Real one. funny. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it came from, you know, like, yeah, it came from China, but attacking... Asian women in New York or or Massachusetts or New like anywhere in the United States is not that is not gonna do it, you know? Right. And you know, my mom said she had like shit go down at like she was at Marshall's or something and like oh, no. she was with a, a another Korean lady friend of hers and like some lady was like mad dogging them, like giving them really nasty looks and being like, get out of here, go back to your country. And, you know, it's like, you know, and I did a piece for Now This, you know, I have this relationship with this Now now This, which is this, um, like, a media company. And I did a piece where I was like, it's not the Chinese virus. Viruses are Chinese. And, like, it may have originated in China, but guess what? It's a global problem now. And, like, attacking people in the United States and Canada who are Asian, most of whom are not are Chinese, is not, that's, how stupid are you? You know, and... The, you know, so, and I talk, and I was doing jokes about it in my stand-up where I was like, it's been really fun times for Asian people because A, we're being blamed for the apocalypse and B, I have to teach everyone that China is not the only country in Asia. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and also our masks are sold out everywhere. Come there on, guys. Come on. There you go. Right, right. It was our thing. And now you guys have jumped on our bandwagon and what the fuck, I can't buy my favorite mask. So I was doing those jokes in, in my act. But, you know, it's a real thing like there has been anti-asian sentiment like attacks like physical violence a lot of verbal altercations go back to your country this is all your fucking fault blah 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 and um so that was like the peak of it was probably during quarantine but then you know it sort of dipped down like you know as as people sort of adjusted to their new reality of, of like life in the pandemic like it dipped down but recently and i don't know what this is about like within the last month um there was uh, it started in san francisco and it's sort of now beginning to spread it's become its own little epidemic of like racist attacks so there was a guy in san francisco who attacked like an 85 year old vietnamese man of course from behind because it's always these bitch ass pussies who like can't even fa- I can't even fit fa- like he's 85. Is like the, if you're gonna attack guy? someone who's 85, you can't even face an 85 year old man in the face to push him around. You gotta push an 85 year old ancient grandpa from behind, from the back, like a weak will pathetic shit that you are. So anyway, this guy pushed this. Uh, he was either Vietnamese or Thai, and the man died from his injuries because he was 85 and he pushed him so hard that he hit his head and he died from his injuries. Uh, Shortly after that, there were attacks in San Jose. It was all like the Bay Area. It was like Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose, like that area. It was always elderly Asian people 
of all different Asian ethnicities. So there was a Thai man, you know, a Chinese woman, like all these different ethnicities and different age ranges, but they were all elderly. They were all attacked from behind and they, you know, they sustained injuries. One man died. And then like just recently there was an attack in Flushing, Queens, in New what? York, which is Flushing, Queens, if you don't know, is like, it's like China. I mean, it is the, mo- it's like, it, there's a Chinatown in New York and Flushing is the actual Chinatown. Right, in New York. right, right, like, right, it's, right. A, it's a predominantly Asian neighborhood. And so the fact that this happened in Flushing is crazy. And the, and some, and some bystander caught this guy on video. It was a white guy, young, seemed to be in his thirties looking white guy with like a hipster glasses and like a hipster bag. And he pushed this lady from behind, of course, because they're always fucking cowards. And she slammed her head into a telephone pole and like had to have 10 stitches like right on her forehead. And the thing that really enrages me is um, that this is like now becoming like it's catching. It's a fad. It's like a weird trend. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a craze. It's a craze because it was. It can't be the same person. He's not driving from Oakland to San Jose. I mean, I don't think. You know, I think it's like one person did it. And it was someone was like, "Oh, this is a great idea." And now, you know, and now this asshole in Flushing did it. Like it's becoming a thing. It's always elderly. They always attack from behind. The other thing that really enrages me, and and the thing that I hope your listeners and your um, viewers will take away, is like, where is everybody else? Yeah, no shit. You know, the, a lot of these attacks are in broad daylight. And I just read this incredible quote. Let's see if I still have it. Uh, I hope I still have it. No, I don't have it. Um, I while, just you, have, while you look for it, I'll tell you that, yeah. like, I remember I was at the movies once in, uh, in L.A. And I came out of the theater and there was, like, uh, a circle of people standing, like everyone standing in a circle, everyone looking at the ground. And I'm like, what the hell's going on in here? And I, I peek in between, like, what's everyone looking at? Like, is there people fucking on the side? Like what's happening? And an old man had fallen down on the sidewalk and everyone is just standing in a circle. So like I'm looking around and I, Nobody's I, helping him. I go between them and I help this dude up. I'm like, what are you people doing? <laughs> Like they're just they're just waiting for the police to come or an ambulance. But I this dude was just wanting help to get up, so I helped him get up and he walked away. And everyone just like dispersed. People don't want to. No one wants to act. No one wants to get involved in anything. Well, this is why I I posted this amazing quote, which I did find. It's by James Baldwin, the the great civil rights writer and activist. And, and Alex he, and Alex's I, brother, right? Alec Baldwin's brother. Okay, whatever. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you go ahead, please. <laughs> right. That one. Yeah. I mean, doesn't he have 12 brothers? He must be one mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. James Baldwin, the great civil rights uh, writer and activist, wrote, a civilization, a civilization is not destroyed by wicked people. It is not necessary that people be wicked, but only that they be spineless. Oh, that's cutting. Only that they be spineless. I actually thought of you. When I posted this because of everything that happened with Manson and oh, that yeah. you and I told you that last week and I, t- I tell you again today that I'm really proud of you for coming out and speaking because you didn't have to. You could have just sat there and said nothing. And that's what most people do. They say nothing. They do nothing. 
because they're fucking spineless. And this is the this is the end of our civilization. You know, it's yeah. like, well, it's not my problem. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to say anything. Well, right. tomorrow it might be your problem. And guess what? You started this ball rolling. We all started this ball rolling of like, I'm not, it's not my problem. I'm not going to say anything or do anything. Tomorrow it's your problem. Nobody's going to say anything or do anything. Then don't you know, bitch about it. One of my favorite sayings. You know what I mean? Yeah. One, one of my favorite sayings ever is um, the easy thing to do and the right thing to do are very rarely the same thing. And it's one of my favorite sayings. It's so true. So true. Yep. It's so true. And the thing, and like, I'm so mad about these Asian attacks because a lot of them do happen in broad daylight. And sure, probably, you know, probably a handful of them happen in a deserted alleyway. But I don't think all of them happen in a deserted alleyway. The flushing thing happened in broad daylight in a crowd. Right. If you, and if nobody you're... chased, nobody cursed this guy out, chased this guy down, said, yo, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like, do something. Say something. Sure, you're not Asian. It's not your fucking problem. Tomorrow, it's your mother. Right. It's your sister. It's you. Right. You know, if you don't step up and say something that you know, just say something. Be like, hey, asshole, that's not right. right. Or, yo, bro, what's your problem? Or take out your phone and start yeah. videotaping. Get a video, get a something. picture, do, do something. Do something. Just yeah. do something. Because if you don't do anything, this is how we devolve. And this is why this was such a great quote to me and why I wanted to post this quote. James Bolin, it's not that you're wicked. It's you're spineless. Yeah. You're spineless. And if you're out here and you say some, you see something that is clearly not right and you don't say something about it. And that's why I said something to these three Latino workers who were Fuck like, yeah. and I was like, you know what? I have the ball. I'm a, I'm a 15 year stand up comic veteran. I have been, I have heard every, like I have gotten into every fucking verbal altercation. Like I got words under the sun all day right. and all night. I can come at you, but the next Asian woman, it doesn't, or the last Asian woman doesn't, which is why they feel empowered to do this to me. And right. so I'm going to be like, say loud and say strong. Fuck you. Right. Don't fucking do that. People are going to stand up to you. Right. And now hopefully they won't do it to the next woman. I mean, it's the same thing like uh, every every father tells his son when he's growing up, like, if anyone bullies you, fight back immediately. Like, don't don't let it keep happening. Whether whether even if you lose, even if, if you stand up for yourself, the people will know that you're not a mark. They're not going to get you next time. They'll move on to somebody else, which is also unfortunate. But um, yeah, people just need to just get a little bit more involved. Just be a little bit more aware. Just try to put yourself in someone else's situation. Um, Earlier today, my, my wife is watching, you've probably seen this documentary called uh, I Am Not Your Negro. Have you seen that? Yeah, James Baldwin. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that him? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. There you go. I mean, we were watching that. It's and a convergence. Just, there you go. Perfect. It was uh, meant to be. But like, you look at, you hear those stories and I mean, racism is far from over in this country, obviously, but it started getting better when people realize this is fucked up and this has to stop that's right and if, it's, if you, and it's it's like that's exactly right like the civil rights movement was powered by like jewish stu jewish students and white people like the civil rights movement obviously the black people were doing it but it wasn't until things started getting televised right and white people started mm -hmm. being like yo this is not right 
this is a bad look for us. <laughs> this is not right. Like we're seeing this on TV. These poor black people are getting fucking water hosed and dogs are set on them and beaten. And like, it's when the white people started speaking up that the civil rights movement started really taking off and like gaining traction. And like we talked about last week, you know, women have been complaining about these abusers for years, but it's not right. until we, we need male allies such as yourself, such as Hannibal Burris to step up about the Cosby thing. You know, like we need male allies to step up and back up the women so that we're not just considered like, oh, she's just bitching. Like this shrew is just bitching or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like the Black Lives Matter movement started gaining traction when like, it became a national movement. All races, all colors, like started being like, no, this shit is wrong. What is happening to black people is wrong. And that's what I wish would happen. Like, you know, I keep thinking about this, like there's, there's, we all are little like segregated minorities, but if we all banded together, we would be so strong. Like if the black lives matter movement had like everybody jumped on the black lives matter movement, how strong that would be. And like, the Asian elder attacks. Like if everybody like started protecting Asian people and being like, yo, this is fucked up. Like you cannot do this. Calling out these people, stopping these people, videotaping these people. Like it's it's been a week. The ironic thing to me is like, I would imagine that the people that would attack Asians because they're from a different country or their heritage is from a different country. In my mind, those are the same people that don't think that COVID is a real thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of a, it kind of goes against itself unless it's just kids or, or young people finding an excuse to be fucking assholes, uh, which could be a thing too. Yeah. Um, I think it's both. You know, I mean, I every, every young guy does something at some point when he's young to impress his dude friends. That's like not cool, whether it's stealing or picking a fight with a stranger or, or date raping a girl who's passed out at a party. Like it happens. It, it, there's all different levels. Um, I haven't done all of those things. I have not done the or date Or in rape. your case, sucking dick. There you go. Sucking every dick at a party just to make my buddies laugh. You know, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm the shortest guy. I'm the smallest guy. I'll do it. No big deal. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's we're in a weird time. We are devolving. You said it best. We are definitely yeah, devolving. Uh, yeah, you know, we, I feel it. I, we're making I just, some big strides in some places and then just like stalling out in others. Yeah, it's 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 true. Like I feel really and it's you know, it's sad, like because I we have this baby coming and like you know, it's one of the things it's like when my sister got pregnant and I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I, th- that's one thing when uh <laughs> when we FaceTimed with her and she told us the news, I think we said like, you know, like like good for you, like brave of you to have a kid now, like right now. Um, you know, at least, you know, the kid's going to be tough. The kid's going to be strong, like coming into the world. I right mean, here. I think anyone who has a baby right now is either crazy or, or really optimistic. Yep. And it's one of the reasons why I never wanted to have kids. Cause I'm like, this place is fucked. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't know if do I you think people into this. Do you think today when you were dealing with those, with those construction guys, are you more heightened and maybe more worked up? Do you feel like you're uh, the protective father, sort of, or the protective uh, of your of your of your sister's child? Do you feel like uh, are you more protective right now? I didn't think of it that way. Um, 
I didn't think of it that way because it's it's it it, it does it it still seems a little bit theoretical because the baby's not here yet. Also, yeah. the baby is a boy, right? So it won't you know the baby won't have the same sort of like you know gender things. Listen, how how dare you? How dare you tie a gender to this unborn child? How dare you, madam? <laughs> Let the baby decide what it wants to be when That's it's born, true. please. The, yes, that is true. Biologically, as far as we know, the be baby careful. will come out with male genitalia. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, The baby's I, got a dick. That's I got, all I know. Look, gonna, the baby's gonna, got a dick. I'm going to end the show because you don't know how to be woke right now. You don't know how to speak. So, <laughs> There's a tiny dick in there. That's all I That's all I know. The baby could decide his gender. But, um, it's a tiny dick. Their, in there. their gender. Um, but yeah, but I, it's, it's not, honestly, today happened because I was, because I feel like this happens to me a lot. I, I, I'm five feet tall. I'm five one on a good day. <laughs> like if I've gotten a lot of sleep, I'm five right, one. Right. <laughs> but most of the time I'm like five and Slouch a half. Five. five. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm not a big person. I'm Asian. Like I have a cute, cute little face. I have like a, a little dimple. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I have this look about me. Um, and I get this on the st- on stage all the time where people were like, whoa, we did not expect that was going to come from you because you have this look of like this cute little, you know, non-threatening image. And then you mm-hmm. get up there and you just spout off. I would imagine in, com- in so, comedy that really works to your advantage, right? It does. I mean, I think it does. Like because people were like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. and I come off really hard and like, you know, God help you if you heckle me. God fucking help you, you know? So, um, <laughs> and so I just, for me, I just make sure, because there's so many women who can't speak. Like my dad, my dad had a racist altercation at a stop and shop supermarket two weeks ago. And, you know, he said, you know, I'm a 75 year old man. Like, I'm not going to get into a screaming match with this guy, but also like, I don't, I just don't speak English that well. And so I just, I'm just, I just don't have the language. I know. Isn't that awful? Like I just, he was like, I just don't have the language skills to get into it with this guy. And I'm not, (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cry. I know. And I I said to him, I was like, I'm like, if I had been there, oh my God, this guy would have been fucking shredded, shredded because I, I have the language skills that my dad doesn't, Yeah. but it's so unfair. So, you know, in defense of my dad, in defense of immigrants who don't have the language skills to just spout off and just just tell people to go fuck off, you know, fuck all the way off. In defense of women, in defense of young girls who just don't, you know, high school girls, college girls who just don't, you know, maybe they have the language skills, but they don't have that <clears throat> self, um, the, the self-confidence, yeah. you know. In defense of my younger self, my younger self when I didn't, ha- when I didn't have the self-confidence. In defense of like every... You know, every woman who's been targeted by any like predatory man who's like, she's an easy target. That's where all of that was coming from today. And I was like, there is no fucking way I'm going to let this slide. There's no fucking way I'm letting this slide. You three fucking dick bags are going to hear from me and you're going to hear it from me loud. I'm proud of you. That's great. And that's, that's good to do. Um, Thank you. Yeah. There's times when, uh, people just catch you at their worst time. You know, it was a good fine for you, but like they, they made a mistake in, in poking the bear today <laughs> and hopefully they'll think about it next time. 
you know? I, I and, mean, that's uh, really, that's really like, you know, because I just, I know I looked like an easy target to them. Right. I know I look like an easy target to them. I'm I'm a woman alone walking my dog. I'm a tiny petite Asian person. Like I just knew they I looked like an easy target. And I'm like, I was like, not today, assholes. It's bringing not up feelings today. for me. Like uh, a- Amy will know who I'm talking about and I'll, I'll tell her when I talk to her. But there was a friend of ours in, in uh, junior high, high school. His name was Andy. And he was just the kindest sweetest person you could ever you could ever you you couldn't make a nicer person in a lab if you tried and he had like you know kind of like my hair right now like sort of like a weird little mohawk and it was dyed blonde and he wore a primus shirt every day and like uh boots and he would smoke cigarettes and he was just the happiest dude ever and we were hanging out in uh in acton the mean streets of acton one night (laughs) and the you know the football fuckers came and found us, the, the guys on the football team, the aggressors. Ugh. And um, I, I didn't have any, like none of us had like, like fight confidence yet. Um, like I, I'd been in like a couple fights when I was a little bit younger, but um, I hadn't been really in fights where I had to defend myself at this point. And there was these uh, like probably four or five dudes rolled into this parking lot where we were hanging. And we're, we were all like, the alternative sort of gothy, um, you know, everyone had dyed hair and boots and uh, wallet chains and skateboards. Like that's, that's who we were. And these guys rolled in and they, I don't know how they singled out our buddy Andy, but like, just were like, you know, what's up faggot, stand up faggot. We're going to talk to you right now. Come talk to us right now. And he's like, he's like, I'm just saying out with my friends. I just want to eat pizza and, hang out. You guys should have, hang out, have a piece of pizza. Like he offered them like to join us. And no, these two of them, two or three of them just jumped him and beat, (gasps) beat the fucking shit out of him in front of his girlfriend who he just, like he had just gotten this new girlfriend and and I didn't do anything. I I stood around and uh, we all just kind of watched because we were scared. Like these dudes they're the football players and they would fuck us up and they left and they're all laughing. And Andy's got a bloody nose, his eyes all puffed oh, up. God, and that's so terrible. And he was crying because he was embarrassed. He wasn't crying out of pain. He was crying because like his girlfriend just watched him get beat up. And of course. like, I, I know that you, I know that you'll can understand, but like when you're, when you are a dude, the idea of getting beat up is it's just the most humiliating thing. Like masculinity. Yes. Like strength is supposed to be part of what we have and fighting, whether you lose, as long as you put up a good fight, but Andy didn't even fight back. He's not that guy. He's a full on pacifist. So it was like beating up a newborn baby, like good for you guys. Good for you. And um, so he was just like crying and we're all kind of like holding him and like, dude, you didn't do anything wrong. It's going to be, you're going to be okay. And that was the, that was the moment where I was like, if I ever see a friend in distress again, I'm not, no matter what, if I get killed, I'm not going to just stand, stand around and let my friends get beat up. So good for you for standing up to these guys. That's a, that's a great it thing. It feels sickening, of right? Course. Like, cause the thing is that, that experience scarred you years later more than had you jumped in and gotten your ass kicked. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that I've, 
I wish people would think about when when we go on this when I went on this rant about spinelessness, yep. right? We all know in every scenario we have a voice inside us that knows what the right thing is to do. We sure. all know. Sure. We all do. Sure. We, we're born with an innate thing that's like mm, this isn't right, yep. or I know I should. Ugh but it seems so hard. Like, we all know. We all know what the right thing is to do at every given juncture. And we talk ourselves out of it or we're scared and we let the fear take it. <clears throat> and the thing is, ultimately, if it's bad, if it's a bad enough scenario, the the not doing will eat you alive more than the doing. Also, I, I, actually, I, I would like to play devil's advocate for one second because there's also a possibility that, like I, I've, I have seen a lot of, fights and i've seen people get jumped and um like it happens so quickly that i i do think sometimes people can see this stuff and kind of be in shock and then before they even realize like before you can even think about what to do it's over and the person's gone and then you're just like what the fuck it's like a car crash mm-hmm. you know you can see it kind of happening but you can't avoid it um that doesn't i mean yeah. that's not a good excuse for everybody but yeah, yeah there could be something to some of that where it's just it's so lightning i mean if you run up and kick someone in the face and you keep running no one has time to think that's or true. do that's true yeah of course of but course. um so basically i'm excusing all these attacks okay so if <laughs> No, that's terrible. And um, I just, I just can't believe this flushing attack. I mean, it's flushing queens. Even in the midst of a pandemic, there were probably a hundred bystanders. Right. You know, and the fact that nobody, I think one person got, you know, followed the guy and got video of him, but the fact that nobody just, just jumped jump the shit out of this guy and kick the shit out of him has anyone has anyone been caught to me has anyone been caught in these attacks nobody's been caught Hmm. nobody's been caught absolutely nobody's been caught i mean it's you know like it's they're always like in weird areas there's one there was one attack i think that was caught on cctv um that's like a security camera somewhere but like the guy was of course the guy fucking being a pathetic piece of shit was wearing a hoodie with his hood pulled all the way down and came up to the guy from behind and pushed him the guy never even saw it coming uh i mean it's just it's disgusting it's disgusting i mean i i like why don't you take this time and energy and go find your fucking balls. Yeah, there you go. Bro. There you go. Take this time and energy and go locate your balls because they are missing, you little fuck. If you're, the, if, well, if you're that upset, I mean, and I mean this, if you're that upset, either get help or just kill yourself. <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> just take your own life. I don't want you here anyway. Um, but thank you, everybody, for listening to this comedy podcast today. Uh, <laughs> It's been a blast. It's um, been a week. I've had a week and I'm, I'm just you. like, I'm, I'm a short, you. I'm a short fucking ass fuse this week. I'm just like, ah, I'm happy to be here for you. I'm happy Thank to you. let you vent. Of course. Well, of course. I want to talk about the Manson thing. Just briefly. I, I've been talking about it so much and it's yeah. like, uh, it, it, it's so the, as of this taping, the, um, the podcast came out today and, um, it's weird. I mean, it's very, it's very weird to, uh, to be mixed up in the, like a weird scandal. I didn't expect, I expected it to be news, but I didn't expect to see Perez Hilton saying my name or some shit. Like that's, it's weird. It's really, really weird to be in like 
Huffington Post and all these and all these things. But um, yeah, I still got no regrets. Um, feedback has been. Have you been, had backlash since the podcast dropped? Or? A little bit, a little bit less than I expected. I expected today to be pretty rough, but it, it, it's been uh, really overwhelmingly positive. Mm. I mean, I, I'm. I don't know if I say this or not, but I'm having even more people are hitting me up saying he did shit to me too. And this is where, this is when, this is what he did. Like people are like, there's, there's so many more people than I ever would have thought. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nuts. Uh, I'm exhausted. I haven't really slept in the last week. Uh, really, really, really tired, Mm. but it's good. I'm still, uh, I stand with everybody and that's it. You know, that's it. I got nothing to add really from last week. Mm-hmm. I just, um, it's wild. And I, and I, well, ho- I hope I that am, these, I'm still these super proud of you. And the quote you. that I just said about spineless does not refer to you. I appreciate it. Likewise, same to you. You have a spine and you have balls, I'm assuming, where they should be. Well, um, <laughs> is, there, I, is this why you wear the neckerchief? Come on. <laughs> exactly. My balls are under here. I'm going to scratch my balls real quick. <laughs> no, uh, I did feel emasculated earlier tonight. I'm going to tell you this little story. So I have like a, like a voice I do with my wife, like a, like a, like a, like a jokey kind of playful. When she grabs your balls and you get really high. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do the voice, but I, we have like a very specific, like stupid, sort of, but it's weird. It's weird. Okay. So, um, um, I was talking to her. I think I did say something in the dumb voice and she was going to go, she was going to go pick up some food or, uh, from, uh, for dinner. And, uh, I stayed home and I was going to do all the dishes. So I'm doing the dishes and I'm talking to myself in this voice for two minutes, three minutes saying all kinds, I'm just talking to myself and I turn around and she's standing <laughs> in the kitchen behind me, just staring at me. And I was like, I thought you left. She goes, she goes, you have to have known I was here. There's no way that you're just sitting here doing that voice to yourself. And I was like, I absolutely was. And I, I, I wish, I wish you would walk away from me why right now. I don't want you to look not, at me. Why did a, why didn't she videotape and be upload immediately and see? <laughs> she like, didn't do it. She didn't do it because she is uh, stupid. She missed out on a great opportunity. Sir, I yeah. mean, Videotape and blackmail your ass. Listen, she has seen me naked hundreds of times, and this was the most embarrassing moment of our entire marriage. <laughs> and uh, like the voice is for her, but like even I was just... that time you sharted. Exactly, this, exactly. While like, we were fucking, and I uh, sharted everywhere. Um, yikes! Yeah, it was it was something because I, I, I was just talking to myself. I was totally in the zone. I was entertaining and you can't, myself, you, and you refuse to share the voice. I will not do it. I will not do it. Oh man, you're a fucking tease. Well, I might be seeing you sometime in the next week in person oh for a, a distance offline. hang. Right, offline. offline. I'm so gonna make maybe, you do the voice. Maybe and if we'll you don't do, do the voice, I'm gonna get a long, long stick. I actually have one of those grabber things. Uh-huh. Because we're really short. You know, we need those grabbers to like reach the shit in the top of shelf. I'm mm-hmm. gonna get the grabber and shove it up your butt until you do the voice. Oh, then I'm definitely not doing the voice. <laughs> I, I want the grabber. I'm good because the grabber has oh, pincers. I want I'm gonna that. aim those pincers up your patootie hole. Patootie hole. I like yeah. it. I like it. I'm, I'm looking forward it. to it. Um yeah. yeah, so that was a that was that was a that was a funny time tonight. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, good stuff. And you're just there watching the. It was minutes. I was doing it for minutes, and it's like a it's like a nonsense nonsense words nonsense voice, and I'm just having a blast talking to myself and doing dishes. You don't even have pets. And it was like the full on dramatic, like the slow turnaround of no, she isn't. No, she isn't. And then there she was. She truly loves you. The fact that she didn't videotape and post it online immediately means that she loves you and or she did and she's saving it for like you guys ever split up. She's going to take everything that you own because she has this recording of you. That's the that's the settlement. (laughs) That's the settlement evidence right there. That's the collateral. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was great. I want to get into some, uh, we got a lot of uh, listener questions that were sent in for us tonight. So oh. I figured, I figured we would, we would Hello. end, would end our last show with a bunch of, uh, of listener things. Let me Let's grab those it. real quick. Let's do it. Yes, I did work with Patrick Stewart and no, I did not see him naked. And yes, I did want to cup his balls and no, I did not cup his balls. Wait, did you actually work with Patrick Stewart? I absolutely did. For what? On what? I'm fucking obsessed with him. He okay. First of all, I never told him this, and I never will in person. But I had full-on sexual fantasies about him in college because when I was in high school, like I, I just grew up watching it, and I was like obsessed with Star Trek TNG. We're talking about uh, Jean Luc Picard. Jean Luc Picard on Star Trek TNG, Sir Patrick Stewart. You might also know him as Professor X. Yeah, that's what I that, that's what I like him in. That's what I like him in. Um, and he is this fine Shakespearean actor. Anyway, I grew up watching Star Trek TNG, obsessed with him. I used to have TNG. elaborate sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a fucking sci-fi nerd. Suck it. <laughs> Perfect. And and suck my dick and balls. Anyway, um, <laughs> together at the same time. Oh, love to. I was obsessed with him. And somehow I fucking manifested working him after I became an actress. He got his own TV show on stars, which nobody watches. Nobody has stars and nobody like literally the show was called blunt talk and four people watched it, but it was written by Jonathan Ames who wrote, um, God, did he, he wrote a did, he do, did he do, did he do bored to death? Yeah. Yes. Oh, loved that he did show. Bored to death. Yep. Exactly. So it was his project, his TV project after Bored to Death. Mm-hmm. He did Blunt Talk for stars and Patrick Stewart was the star. And I somehow got cast as the kindergarten teacher to his very young son. Ooh. Who turns Sultry. out to be a, who turns out to be a freak, even mm. though she's like a mild-mannered kindergarten teacher. She turns out to be the freak and shacks up with the porn producer who lives next door to Patrick Stewart. So I got to work with him and I had to literally talk myself down from like sexually assaulting him. You had to keep a towel in your pants so you wouldn't leave uh, puddles all over the place? Like a full, like a towel depends the whole nine. Like it was like, I was like whap. I was like whap all over the place. I was like. You were whapping for Jean-Luc Picard? I was triple whapping. I was like, get a mop, whap. Wow. But I kept it so cool because all I wanted to do do was say, like, I have wanted to fuck you so hard since I was, like, <laughs> in sixth grade. That's and so funny. And like, I didn't. I never did. 
I hear this. I've heard this before about like uh, like Larry David. People say that about Larry David quite a bit. Like the older they have WAP for Larry David. Yeah, people are people want a '69 Larry David hard, and they wow. they. But wait, wait, how can you be confused? How can that shock you if you feel this for Jean Luc Picard? They're the same dude. I guess. I guess it's the refinement that I'm attracted oh, to. He's you so like refined. the Englishness, the English accent and of him. Like he's Shakespearean and he's just so like, and his character on Star Trek TNG <laughs> for you fellow sci-fi nerds, even though Dan is here fully making fun of me. Cause I said TNG. It's great. I mean, um, I'm not, I'm not making fun. I'm just, I didn't expect this from you. I don't, I mean, I don't know you incredibly well, but this surprises me. I'm a big sci-fi geek. Amazing. I geek hey, out for sci-fi. We talked about Bobby Lee a couple weeks ago. He's yeah. a big Star Trek guy, I think, isn't yes. he? Yes. Yes. He talks about it too He's much. He's a big, and so is Eric Griffin, okay. our mutual friend, okay. who was on Blunt Talk with me. And so we Full did circle. a scene, me, Eric Griffin, Patrick Stewart, and um, Brent Spiner, who played Data in Star Trek The Next Generation, were all in a scene together. You must and have been over point, the moon. And at one point, Eric Griffin looks at me and he's like, I can't fucking believe this is happening. And I was like, I know! Like, we we were f- quietly freaking the fuck out. And I was, I'm so glad he was there because we knew each other from stand-up. And the fact that he was, like, internally freaking out as much as I was quietly internally freaking out made me feel so much better. Oh, my God. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I, like, I just love the refinement. So, like, Larry David doesn't do it for me because he's, hey, I'm from New York. And so, like, I oh, know, you know that, that thing. Yep. I know that, like, <laughs> complainy old Jewish, like, you know, and so, like, it's it's kind of pedestrian to me because I grew up with that. And so it doesn't seem that exotic and hot to me. Like, I'm just like, oh, it's like the old Jewish man on the street in New York. Like, who cares? Um, but also, yeah, I don't know. I, and because I grew up, I grew up watching him and grew up idolizing. I mean, it was my favorite show from when I was a kid and I just idolized him so much. And the fact that I got to work with him also, he is an amazing ass. Oh, really? Nobody <laughs> knows this, but <laughs> professor X slash captain Jean-Luc Picard has a fucking ass for days. Like he's got a nice, a nice ass ass. A nice me, ass ass. Let me ask you a real question. And this is like, I ask a lot, I ask a lot of stupid questions of uh, guests and co-hosts. Would you now eat, 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 eat his, his ass? ass? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Hell oh my is. God. I would eat like pudding off of his ass. I would eat sushi off of his ass. I would eat like, he was wearing like kind of tightish pants one day. And I, I literally was like, I can't believe what a great ass he is. And so I went up to, this is, we were working together. And so like, we had kind of a cool rapport. I was, I was holding it. To, I was being professional. Like it took every fiber of my me being to keep a professional. But I said, Patrick, you have a really, like, you're so fit. That's what I said. I was so profesh. I was like, Patrick, mm. you're so fit. Like, what do you do to stay fit? Cause he was like, first of all, right now he's like 85. At the time he was maybe 79, 78 or 70. Like he's old. Mm-hmm. He's an old man mm-hmm. and great ass. And I'm like, Patrick, you're so fit. Like, what do you do to stay fit? And he goes, nothing. I just, I work and I walk. And my pussy was dripping like you would not believe. He's like, oh, this, this is just stage four cancer. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm 85. It's cancer. <laughs> no big I mean, thing. I wish I had... If somebody out there can find footage of just Patrick Stewart's ass... I'm currently Googling trying to, to get a picture please. of his ass fucking send it to me because <laughs> you don't know like and i'm not just saying this because i'm biased because i'm obsessed with him no i he is a tight nice ass well this uh <clears throat> this question actually goes perfect into one of our listener questions um so let me let me read that you have reached the voicemail box of rare form radio please leave a message after the tone uh, Xander wrote in and said, can you guys name a couple people that you've been starstruck by? So I'm yeah. assuming that's one of them for you. Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh my mm -hmm. God. Fucking freaked out. Absolutely starstruck. Have um, you stayed in touch with him, by the way? Have you, have no. you, uh, actually I, I have his email address. I don't abuse it. I, I asked him, <laughs> I asked him to be, I am on this, I do, I host this podcast called go fact yourself where we ask celebrities trivia like we ask we've been invite them on they tell us what topic they're obsessed with and then we do all this research about that topic and then we quiz them on the topic and it's super fun for everybody and we've had like big names on it is that the one by um, the way is that the one you had rachel dratch on yes oh i love that i listen i love that she, one she's fantastic uh, yeah okay. we've had rachel dratch we've had um uh oh my god why am i blanking on we had like two of the cast members of Superstore on it very recently. Okay. We had, um, I'm blanking on like the biggest names we've had on it. Anyway. Okay. Good. We've had good names on it. So early on, I invited him. <laughs> I sent him this really nice email. And I can't believe like I have had his email address for years since Blunt Talk and I have never abused it. You know, I, I, I'll send him, like, if I really have a, a thing that I really desperately want to ask him to be a part of, like, this podcast, like, it was just launching, and, like, you know, we wanted to get the biggest name we could on it to sort of give it a good start just off. And open your laptop and type in tightenglishass at gmail.com. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's Helen. That's okay. exactly right. Okay, okay. So I, and he, so I said, Patrick, you know, I'm part of this, uh, you know, podcast and it's it's been real a lot of fun a lot of our guests have said it's been really fun because we talk about stuff that you want to talk about that like you get to pick the topic we do a deep dive on the topic that you pick you know it could be cars he's obsessed with cars like he's a speed demon and he loves race cars okay so i was like we could talk about cars we could talk about english football teams like i know you're into that like whatever you want to talk about and he graciously writes back Helen, so nice to hear from you. Thank you for the invite. I'm a little bit tied up right now doing press for Logan. <laughs> and you're like, fair. Okay, that makes sense. Sorry, Patrick. Like I'm in the middle of doing press for Logan, so no. <laughs> so I'm working on I'm working on a movie that's going to be up for Oscars. Sorry, I can't do it right now. I can't do your little I podcast. Literally was, I literally was like, fair. And he's like, <laughs> like he's like, I'm asking he's, him. <laughs> to do this dinky ass podcast and he's like um i just finished doing a fucking oscar nominated marvel movie yeah okay logan so like calm yo ass p.s what is a <laughs> podcast <laughs> i'm very old <laughs> but the fact that he wrote me back so graciously to yeah. kindly tell me to fuck off in the nicest way possible because he's doing press for Logan. Amazing. Like it's that tells you everything about the guy. Like That's he's great. he's a lovely person. Okay. Yeah. 
Anyone else and, off the top of your head? WAP inducing. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. A- any other uh, starstruckness that you can think of right now? Oh gosh, starstruckness that I can think of right now. The only people that I can think of, like if I met, I would die. Oprah, I'm obsessed with Oprah. Um, but you, you haven't met her, but if you did, you'd be like, oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have not met her, but if I did, I would freak out a little bit. I mean, she's kind of like, if I had a religion, it was probably it would probably be Oprahism. Okay. You know, because it's because okay. I, I, I believe in like the universe manifesting and like speaking things into being like, I believe all that hokey shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, there's, there's male movie stars who I, Oh, Angelina Jolie. I mean, she's like who I'm like by for, for days. And you have met her or you have not? I have not met her. Yo, I would eat her pussy for like oh, so would three I. weeks. I, I mean, she, she's she, I, I have I have jerked off to her. I mean, she's not even one of my favorites, but like 10, 20 times because she's done some like delicious nude scenes in some movies. Yeah. And her, her body is slamming and just like slamming. her eyes. Her lips. Everyone likes, see, everyone likes the lips. I like the eyes. She's just, I think she's a flawless specimen. And um like I'll watch horrible movies just just to stare at her. Like I just watched um something just came out on Netflix. Alexander. What's that? It, it's about Alexander the Great, and it stars uh, Colin oh. Farrell as Alexander the Great, and he's garbage, and the movie is trash. The movie's like four and a half fucking hours long. It's like and why? you're just like whoop whoop oh yeah, oh. and I'm just like <laughs> I'm like jackhammering down there because she is in it and she is flawless. Yep. I the number one item on my bucket list for years was to have a threesome with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. And, and that now, didn't, didn't work out. And now it's seeming like maybe that may not happen. Yeah. It probably may not. not. Probably not. Although maybe if they hate like if the one day they hate decide to hate fuck each other and I could be there for that. Yes. So Let's think about that scenario for a second. So they were married, they have kids, and now they're like they like seem a nasty divorce, a nasty, an ugly a nasty divorce. divorce, like a custody battle, like so, allegations flying. Yeah. So in, in your mind, you envision them for some for some reason. So, hey, hey, Angie, it's Brad. Um, I'm sorry about everything. Do you mind if I come over? I want to. No, 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 Dan, no, no, hold on. That's no, hold the on. most boring shit I've ever heard in my I'm life. Just, I'm just trying to get to a certain point here. So they okay. go, they go and they reconnect and they're talking and like sparks kind of start to fly a little bit. They kind of, no. they, they're getting no, the feelings. No, no. You, this hold is on. what it's got to be. No. And then they're like, <laughs> and then they're like, they're getting the tingles and they're like, we should call Helen. And, and, and Angie's like, Helen who? And he's like, Helen Hong. And she's like, who? <laughs> and he goes, it's some chick. She's friends with Eric Griffin. And Angie's like, who? <laughs> and then you just show up. And then, and then like what she's going down on you and you're blowing him. Like, how, how do you, how do you see it? That's how I see it. How do you see it? All right. I see it as the, the, the already you lost me at, Hey Angie, how are you? Like you already lost me. No, it's gotta be uh-huh. like you fucking bitch. Oh. You ruined my life. I fucking hate you, you cunt. Oh. BT dubs, I left my favorite shoes at your place from before the divorce. 
And she's like, you're an asshole. You're a piece of shit. I'm leaving your shoes out on the front porch. You trash. And then he drives up and I am in the bushes. How do you know this is happening? How do you, or are you just always in her bushes? Is that the deal? Like you just, you, you go there every her, night. I'm hiding in her bushes. I'm just creeping, creepy stalking her through the bushes. He jumps out. He's a little drunk. He's got a substance abuse problem. So he's a little drunk. He like crashes the car into the bushes. Like, Fuck, my car's in the bushes. And I jump out. And I'm like, are you okay? You just crashed the car into the Is your dick all right? Oh my God. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. your dick. Is your yeah. dick okay? Yeah. And then she's like, she comes running out. You fucking asshole drunk. You crashed your car into my bushes. Who's this bitch? And I'm like, what? And then somehow, I don't know, the details get muddy, but somehow the three of us end up fucking. And she, and you're like, I'm Helen Hong. And she's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> See, now I want to tie in both of our stories because I like that aspect. Um, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if they don't know me. Like, I don't, I just want to be there. Would you, okay, so. I, 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 he, they're so hot independently. And like when I saw Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like my brain exploded because I was like, he's kind of the perfect male specimen. She is stunning. She's kind of the perfect female specimen. Like, how is this even happening? And the fact that they're fucking now on screen and in real life, like the whole thing blew my mind. And so I don't care how it happens. Like, I just want to, like, I would fuck either one of them individually, anytime, any place at the drop of a hat. I would drop everything to go fuck them. And, but them together is like, uh. Can you imagine, like, uh, I feel like if you could be in the room watching them fuck, it's like, it's like actually seeing a unicorn. It's like watching a miracle, like seeing an actual miracle. Yes, like I do imagine like a rainbow shoots out of their genitalia. Yep. Lights up the the ceiling because I just can't believe like, first of all, the fact that Jennifer Aniston let her man go shoot a movie for three months, a sex, like with sex scenes with Angelina, like how dumb are you? Listen. My wife let me do a film with Lady Gaga and she was rolling the dice. You know, I, you, you know this, right? No. I'm in A Star is Born, bro. I'm in the no, movie. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I play in a good scene. I play, when she first goes on stage to <gasps> sing the song for the first time. Stop it. I'm in the one the where sh- she's like really nervous when he's calling oh, yeah. her out and she's like, no, I can't. I, I can't. I'm standing next to her when he calls her out. Dan! I mean, I'm not an actor. I don't have any lines, but I was there. Dan, I was there I for that moment. I did not know this. I have to go rewatch and look for your face. Oh, I'm right there. It's right there. I look good, too. I'm wearing my newsboy cap, the one that you what? love so much. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, my wife rolled the dice. I could have gone home with her or Bradley Cooper. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Damn. Who would you, who would you rather have, Angelina or Brad, if you could only have one of them? Angelina. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Because, you know, a dick is a dick is a dick. Mm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, as hot as Brad Pitt is, I just know that once I get his pants off. He's got a good, all, he's got a, he's got a good dick, kinda, though. You've seen his dick. The same. But he has a, he has a larger dick, it looks like. How do you, wait, where do you see you his can, dick? Do you have your phone with you? You can Google it right now. <gasps> Brad Pitt's dick? Yeah, he, he had paparazzi, For- paparazzi shots in the 90s, I think. Peak, peak pit like fight pits fight pit era with, oh, the, with fight club pit is the hottest pit every dude every dude if they could have a dream body it's brad pitt in fight club 
damn images. Look up Brad Pitt nude and you'll uh, Oh shit, yes. There look at it that is. Cockle. Hmm? Hmm? Nice. Hmm? Yeah. Dad, if sick, you're dad, if you're listening, body. sorry I knew that. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Sick body. Yeah, Brad Pitt, Fight Club era Brad Pitt is the hottest Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, I I still even still I'd be like I I know that I'd be like yes you're gorgeous and yes this is amazing but you know I've fucked a lot of hot guys I have mm-hmm. no not to brag but I have fucked a lot of very good looking men and in my experience good looking men are bad in bed oh they're not great because they just be- don't have to because they don't need to they don't need they don't to, need to. Mm. I mean I've heard the be- I heard this about women as well. That mm-hmm. good-looking women, like very good-looking women, are kind of boring in bed because they just lie there because they're like whatever, like just look at my hot body. I've heard a cliche that like overweight women are the best are the best lays because I've heard that too because they're working harder. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that might be it. Possibly. Yeah. Um, you'll never. My dream threesome, which mm. I'm, I'm not joking, but for years my dream threesome, weirdly, is Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Because you want funny sex. No, I think I. First of all, I do think they're both attractive, but they are attractive. I, their personalities make me so happy. You know what I mean? Like they're just like they oh, seem you so. Be happy in bed. Yes, I don't want to be sad. I don't like being sad while I'm giving the old in out. It's not a good feeling for me. <laughs> I like to be smiling, um, having a good old time. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Did um, you hear the one about the? <laughs> yeah. What's weekend update like when you're um you know. <laughs> Sorry. You know what's so sad is that it was that fucking Brad, having a threesome with Brad and Angelina was literally the number one item on my bucket list for so long. And then they got divorced in this horrible, acrimonious divorce. And I don't have a replacement number one. Like, it's still kind of my uh, residually on my bucket list because I don't have a replacement number one Mm. other than fucking Brad, uh, Patrick Stewart. Right. I think I think you could still make the Patrick Stewart one happen. I've met his wife, and she's great, and she's I, hot. Is she? Um, yeah, she. I mean, she's. Thank God, she's not seventeen and hot. Right. She's you know forty and hot. Um, yeah, she's attractive. I also. I have a feeling they get they get dirty. He's probably into butt stuff. Yeah, like I have a feeling that they're into some freaky shit. I just I w- get the I get that vibe. And this is like based on nothing. I just get a feeling that they're just into some freaky shit. I'm gonna make it my mission to get this this episode to Patrick Stewart. So he can <laughs> so he can don't. see this and open Please the window. Please don't. I know people because I, I can worked get there. with him on an entire season of a TV show and I held my shit together and he never suspected that I was whopping. But what if he what if he's only with his wife because he didn't think that you were attainable? So what if what if he watched the, what if he's cruising YouTube trying like, you know, uh, well, I can't watch Chris D'Elia anymore. So what, what other podcasts are on? And he finds this one yes. and he's like, oh, I remember. uh Helen, lovely little, lovely young little Helen, and watches this and sees it. He goes, Now I can get rid of my fucking shitty ass wife and bring Helen home where she belongs. I mean, you know what? It I 
I, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I would do the three. I would do the two of them as well. Had a girl. I would do the two of them together. Yeah, she's hot. Good job. She's hot and she's funny. Like I follow her on Instagram. She's funny. She's got a lot of personality and like he's amazing to me. He's he's mis- he has a mystical quality to me. So like people, I tell the people all this all the time that I'm like obsessed with him and people and people are like, um, he's 900 years old. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't even see that. Like, I just see a mystical being. Do you know, know what that means? That means he has 900 years of fuck experience. So yeah. he knows, he knows how to hit it right for you. Yeah. So you might want to figure it out. Um, let's do a couple more questions. That was a good one. I mean, we didn't get it. We didn't really answer it. We didn't even we, answer the question, but. Um, I, I was most starstruck. Um, meeting Tom Brady, I was pretty starstruck, but you hate him. I hate uh, him. the first time I met Trent Reznor was like, um, <gasps> yes. cause he, he's my, he's my John Lennon. Like he's my favorite all time musician. And I got to he's, meet him and work with really him. He's really magical. Oh yeah. He's I the mean, most the fact talented that dude. He, yeah. The fact that he, like the career that he's had yeah. to go from like you know, musicians. And now he's doing like movie scores. Like, yeah, he's, he's really, he's one award away from an EGOT, I believe. <gasps> wow. He, he needs a Tony. I think is all he needs to, to be an EGOT. EGOT Damn. If anyone wants to know an EGOT is if, is when you win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar and a Tony. Mm. Um, I would be, if I could meet David Ortiz, that would be a big one for me. The guy in the, the Red baseball Sox. baseball player? Yes. Yeah. That's my, he's my favorite. My favorite I didn't know time. you were such a sports guy. Oh yeah, I got Red Sox tattoo. I got a Patriots tattoo. Oh my god! Yeah. Don't listen. Don't belittle me. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that patronizing. Oh my god, bullshit on my show. If I come on, and go fact yourself. Make fun of me all you want, but not here, lady. <laughs> I will fucking beat up your parents in the middle of the night. <laughs> don't make me do it. No. Um. Who else? But Drew Barrymore was the love of my life. Really? Yes, she was the love of my life. And, uh, uh, since I saw ET, I was two years old when I saw ET and wow. my, my dad said, I wouldn't stop pointing at the screen when I saw her. Like I loved her. Wow. The moment I saw her. So here's a crazy story. The first time yeah, I came, I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, wait, you have a crazy story about oh, yeah. Barrymore? Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I came to LA was to visit a friend of mine who moved here. And I, I came here when I was 18 years old, 1998. And I came with a couple friends and we spent a week here. And we're in the car on the way to the airport to fly home to Massachusetts. And my buddy, Dave Murphy, who you, you may have met before, he, uh, he's like, can we pull over? I want to I wanna get a disposable camera. Like, I want to buy a camera. And we're Damn, like, Dude, how long ago was this? This is 98, 1998. Damn. So we're, uh, and we're like, dude, we're, we're on our way to the airport to go home. Like, the vacation's over. Why do you want to get a camera? He goes, I don't know. Just please pull over. I just want to get a camera. I just like to take some pictures. So this was before the cell phone camera oh, yeah. era. This is before it. this is before none of us had cell phones. That was cell phones weren't even a thing, I don't think. Got yet. It. So we like roll our eyes and we pull over and get Dave his fucking disposable camera for whatever reason. Like we're on our way home. We're going to the airport to fly home. We're going to LAX. And he gets his camera and we're sitting at LAX at the gate. And my buddy Dan, who was there, says to me, like, what would you do if Drew Barrymore walked by right now? And I was like, I, I mean, I would, my, my, it would take my breath away. I, I don't know. I would have to go talk to her and just tell her how much she means to me. And we just kind of nod and we're just hanging out. I swear to fucking God, 
Five minutes later, no. my buddy Dan is like, dude, look behind you. I'm like, what? No. He goes, Drew Barrymore is fucking standing behind you. So I turn around and there's like a plant in the way. And so I don't see her. I'm like, that was really shitty. Like, but that's a shitty move to do. And then like, and they're both like, dude, turn around, look, look. I turn around and there's Drew Barrymore <gasps> standing 15 feet behind me. We were just talking about her. That is so crazy. And I kind of freeze and they're what like. What an insane manifestation. It was crazy. So she's kind of walking with like a or partner or, or some, a woman who she's working with or something. And I kind of walk past her and look at her. And I was like, I just want to stop and, and like, just say hello. I've been a huge fan my whole life. And she could not have been more kind. And she's like, oh, thank you. Thank you for stopping and saying hello. I appreciate it. What's your name? And did the whole, she was, it was perfect. And then like, we walked away and uh, my buddy, Dan and Dave were both like, we got to get a picture. I was like, I can't go back. I can't go back up to her again. That's too embarrassing. I'm already shaking. And Dave's like, there's a reason why I got this camera. We have to go get a picture. So we walked back over to her and, and I'm like shy. I'm 18, I'm 18 years old. And uh, I was like, do you mind if, oh no, my buddy Dan was like, do you mind if my, my buddy gets a picture with you? And she got, she puts her bag down. She goes, of course, come on in. And like gave me a big hug and I got a picture and it was one of the, it was the best experience wow. I've ever had probably with a celebrity in my life. And she was, I was like, I'm, I'm still part of me is like, that's the love of my life is Drew Barrymore. And it couldn't have gone better. It was nice. It was very, very nice. Not to keep harping on Patrick Stewart, mm -hmm. but that is one of the things, you know, he was my hero for so long. And when I booked that gig to work with him, you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot when you work with your heroes. You kind of don't want to meet them because you if almost they don't want to meet it's your heroes. crushing. It's yeah. crushing. And that was one of the things that sealed the deal for me. He couldn't have been kinder. He couldn't have been sweeter, more generous. He's everything you want him to be. And there were like little kids on the set because we were shoot. I was a kindergarten teacher. So there were like little kids on the set, like as background actors playing mm -hmm. the kids. Mm -hmm. And like little kids would come up to him and be like, um, it's, uh. and the parents would be like, I'm a huge fan. Do you mind if we get a photo? He would like be sitting down like in between takes. He would like put all his shit down, take off his glasses, stand up to properly take a photo with anyone who asked like, so gracious and that's you know and i've worked with a lot of famous people who are not that gracious when you find it when you when, there's people that like that that like it does i feel like it, does, it shouldn't take that much to be that kind of person um the only reason that you that these people get to live the lives that they do is because of fans and because of people that pay money to support their work yeah. or their art now um, i do understand they get stopped all the time right Right. And there's a certain point where you're like, I can't, I just need some downtime. And also like, some alone time. I've seen everyone, we all know people that have complained about like, I met this guy and he was a fucking dick. It's like, well, also, mm -hmm. you don't know if he just found out that his mom has cancer. You don't know if like, if he's fighting with his wife, you don't, you don't know the kind 100%. of day anyone's having ever. So don't judge someone if you only meet them one time, but. It is when it does line up and people treat you like yeah. a normal person. It's a, uh, it's the best. I love that. Best. I love that we met our heroes and they were both nice. Yep. It was, it was I a nice just thing. Love that. Um, next question for you. This comes in from Xander. Um, oh no, this is from Benny. 
Helen, can you please walk us through what it's like to bomb on stage? And also, is the pain of bombing worse than the elation of crushing? Is the pain of bombing worse than the elation of crushing? Um, no, it's not. The elation of crushing is so much, it just drowns out the bombing. I mean, for me, thankfully, because I've crushed more than I've bombed, thank God. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, the type of comic that I am and the type of person that I am, like, I've never had, like, get off the stage, you suck. Never. Like, I've never had that. I've, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm just not that kind of comic. Um, I'm not that, like, the stuff I talk about isn't that, um, you know, like, uh, I, I don't talk about stuff that's like. Like, you're not going to divide your audience. Yeah, like, I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to go up on stage and shit on Trump. Right. Like, I have friends who, like, I have a girlfriend, Annie Letterman. If you don't know her, fucking oh, yeah. follow her. Yeah. She's amazing. She, on election night 2016, the night that Trump won the election, was headlining a club in, like, Arkansas. Or, Careful, like, Alabama or some red state. And she went up and she fucking went off on Trump in this red, red, and I love her so much for this. I love her for many reasons, but this is one of the ballsiest things. She knew her audience. She's not stupid. She knew she was in Alabama or Arkansas, wherever she was. She knew exactly the crowd. And she was like, no, fuck this motherfucker. She She was headlining. She went on stage for 45 minutes, walked half the room, Half the room got up and left. They complained. They were like, boo, fuck you, bitch. You dumb bitch. You lib, libtard, whatever. They called her everything under the sun. And she kept going. She was like, he's a fucking asshole. You people that voted for him are hicks. Like she went off. And you know what I mean? God, God love her and God bless her. And I love her so much for, for that. Um, I'm not that comic. Like, I'm just, I don't really even talk about politics in my act. Like, I don't talk about really divisive issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not up there, like, saying hot button shit. Right. And so I just don't inspire that level. Like, I'm I'm not the type of comic that's like, boo, fuck you, get off the stage. Like, I'm just not. But it sounds so, like she also went into it with a plan of, like, I'm going to attack these people and I'm not expecting laughs. You know, it's different. I I feel like it's different when like you're feeling good, you're going to work on some new stuff or you you got stuff that you know is going to kill and then you go out there and it's crickets. I I have to imagine that's got to be just like a, oh, I thought it was going to be good tonight. I just can't imagine that feeling personally. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have bummed hard. Like I, early in my career, I did a night at um, an urban club. It was an urban club in New York City. So it was like mostly black and Hispanic audience. And there was a table <laughs> of 17. I, the hardest I ever bombed, I had only been doing stand-up for maybe two years. So I was green as fuck. Um, really underconfident, a very young comic, didn't know how to handle myself. I was doing an urban night at an urban club in like downtown New York. And there was, and it was a midnight show. So already. Ooh, people are trashed and tired and hungry. So in walks one group of 17 Dominicans. Ooh. 
Ooh. <laughs> one group, meaning 17 Dominicans who are all one party, who all know each other. They're celebrating and something. And they're loud. They're, they're a loud bunch. And they get sat together, and it, and they were the dominant. It was a sparse crowd, so it was not like there were maybe four other, five other tables other than this group. So this group was the crowd, and there was a handful of other people sat around them. And I was just this really young, under underconfident comic, and I had this cutesy persona at the time, and I went up like real cutesy, and they were not having it. <laughs> so they started just ignoring me and telling jokes amongst each other. Oh, yeah, they made it their show. And I was supposed to be up there for seven minutes, and I got the light at four minutes. I was supposed to be up there for eight minutes, and I got the light at four. Oh, Get God. the fuck off the stage. Four, at the four minutes, get the fuck off the stage. Now, isn't the that club. better? Wouldn't you rather get the light oh, than God, four I was minutes? So thankful to see that light. I was eating, I was eating shit hard. So tell me, I, I want to know because I whenever we whenever I have comics on or talk to comics, I want I want to know that feeling. Like what is going through your head? It, it's like you're drowning. That's what it feels like. Time slows down. Time slows down and you think you're going to die. You're drowning. The you're you're getting further and further from the top of the water. You're in the that's sunken you're in the sunken like. place. You're in the you're sunken in the place. Sunken, that's exactly what it feels like. Time slows down and everything sucks. <laughs> Actually, it sucks. It I sucks. imagine because I'm a, I'm obviously I work for bands, so I imagine it's the same feeling when something a guitar stops working on stage and I can't figure out how to fix it. That's happened a few Panic. times. Panic. Oh yeah, and like you, you start moving, fa- I I start moving faster, and I'm not focusing on what the problem is. I'm, I'm fucking with things that aren't the problem, and I Correct. I should know that. And I my protocol goes out the window. Like I, I usually, if there's a problem. I have an order that I go through to figure out what the problem is. But when it's, when it's the middle of the best song and my guy's like, dude, it's not working. It's not working. My oh, brain just shit. like, I have like multiple strokes all at the same time. <laughs> I face troops and I'm like, is it the cable? Is it the amp? Are you even playing guitar? Do I even work here? I just, you, I don't know what's going on. It's the fucking worst. It's so bad. It's the worst feeling. And time, the time slowing down is the, is the, is the, like, I, I, you know, sometimes it takes me 20 or 30 seconds to fix a problem, but it legitimately feels like 15 minutes yeah, of like, it feels like it's sure. silent and 100%. everyone's just kind of looking at you. Like, you know, we paid good money. Would love it if you fixed this soon, because we would like to hear more music. It's now imagine worst. if you're the only one on stage. I would, I think <laughs> I would, I would always go on stage with a pistol. And the first time I bomb, I'm going to blow my brains out because I don't like, want to feel that. Can you imagine that feeling only everybody is looking at you Dude. and blaming you? Dude, That's I, what stand up is when you're bombing. I get when I get nervous, I get really sweaty. Like I, I go into like a flop sweat, an instant full body, like my clothes are wet. And that I would do that and probably pass out. And I, I'm I'm not a I'm not a shy person. Um I mean, I, I talk, I do this a lot, but if, if it's just me and people looking and it's not working, I think I might just pass out. I don't know what I would do. Like, it, least- you definitely, there, there definitely is a physiological <laughs> reaction. Yeah, there is a panic 
time definitely slows down. Something happens, like sometimes, like my hearing gets a little <coughs> tunnel. Like it, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. yeah, yeah. There is a physiological reaction. There's a panic response that happens, and time definitely slows down. And you do start seeing tunnel vision. And there's things that happening in the periphery of the room that you don't notice. Like you do get a tunnel visiony, um, and it does feel like drowning. It just it feels like the sunken place. That's exactly right. what it feels like. You're drowning, and you can't see the end of the light. You can't see the where the the top of the water is, and you you can't find a way to get there. Um, but the reason why I say the elation of killing so much outweighs that is is that you can always put that bombing in perspective. And as a comic, it's a rite of passage to bomb. And there's no comic that hasn't bombed. And it's it's almost like a badge of honor. You have to go through this to call yourself a comic. Right. I mean, I, you know, I've seen, like, that's why I loved... Um, did you see that uh, documentary that uh, Seinfeld Comedy put out? Store. Oh, Comedian? Oh, yes, yes. It's old. It's like at yep. least 10 years old, I think. Yep, I did. And he shows, um, he shows footage of him eating it. And this is after Seinfeld. I have followed Seinfeld on yeah. stage at Gotham. Seinfeld gets a standing ovation when he enters the room. Yeah. <laughs> so can you yeah. imagine... This guy gets a standing ovation. They say his name. People stand up. They're mm-hmm. so fucking excited. And then he gets up there. And if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. They do not give it up for him. I've had the experience when I followed him. He got a standing ovation coming in. He didn't get one getting out. Oh, man. He didn't get one leaving. Because he was working on his jokes and they weren't that tight. Do you think at the point he's at now that he is even remotely affected by that? No, he's done it so many times. It's like he probably wasn't affected then. Right, right. That's why he had. He, that's why he added it to the to the documentary. And I'm so kudos for him to him for adding that scene. And the, there's a scene in that documentary where he can't remember one of his new bits, and he's like, um, um, and he's struggling. And there's a lady in the audience that goes, "Have you ever done this before?" <laughs> She's fucking with him, and this is motherfucking Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld after yeah. his sitcom. This is his comeback tour after the massive success of his sitcom. So he is already hugely famous. Everybody knows him. Everybody thinks he's the world's best comedian. And there's a lady going, have you ever done this before? Because, And that's one of the beauties of stand-up comedy. It's so democratic. It's mm-hmm. in that moment. If you, It doesn't matter who the fuck you are. If you are not crushing in that moment, you are not crushing. Yeah. You cannot sit on your laurels. Nothing to you hide behind. You can be Chris Rock. You yeah. can be Chappelle. You can be anybody. You can be the, you can be, you know, uh, Louis C.K. before all this shit happened. Seinfeld, anybody. You could be the most famous motherfucker. If you're not crushing right then, you're not crushing. You're not getting laughs. Yeah. That's what's the beauty and the democracy of stand-up comic is yep. You can be Seinfeld and not crush. And then the next kid after you, no one knows who he is. No one knows who she is. No one's ever fucking heard of you. She's smashing. Right. Right. Because it's in that moment. You never know what's going to happen. It's in that moment. And you got to bring it in that moment. It's so present. So what is it like the, uh, your next show? So the next night, you know, you, you, you're out in, in New York and you, you have a shit night. You, you lay an egg. The next night, are you thinking about the night before? Or, oh, or, of course. Okay, so you you and the best you, comics learn. So right. I learned like I was, and and this is one of my proudest moments. I ate. 
that night was one of the hardest nights I ever ate. The night with the seven, the group of 17 Dominicans who were like, fuck this bitch. Right. And I got the light at four minutes. Guess where I was the next night? Mm-hmm. Same fucking club. I was at that same fucking club the very next night. And I'm proud of myself for doing that. And that's why I'm a good comic now. Sure. Because I did not let that chase me off. I, I wonder did how, not let <clears throat> how many comedians do you think, uh, like quit after the first time they really bomb. Does it happen a lot? Or do you just know going in that you have to get through that? I'm sure it does happen a lot. And thank God. Otherwise right. we'd be overrun by these fuckers. <laughs> True. Because <True. laughs> everybody thinks the they can do it. Right. Everybody. That's the one of the, 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 one of the most demoralizing things about standup is like nobody, nobody would come up to you, Dan, and say, I could do your job. Right. Oh, you'd be surprised <laughs> when, I, when I'm on tour. People like, uh, if you ever, you know, if Dave ever wants to hire a new guy, I'll do it. It's like, have you ever, have you ever toured before? Do you know how to? No, but I can figure it out. Okay, okay, cool. But yeah, comedy is the same way. Everyone people think like, they can do stand up. I mean, you're the class clown. You're the class clown. Hey, you make I'm your funny. Buddies laugh. I make my, I make my buddies laugh. Cool. It's like, okay, well, that's great for you. Go in front of a room of 300 strangers who don't know who you are and don't give a fuck whether you live or die. And also you paid anyway. $20, a $20 cover, a two drink minimum. They got a babysitter at home. They drove 45 minutes to get to this club. You make those fuckers laugh. Right. And you, you, can't, better and make, that, you better make them laugh. And you can't use the inside jokes that you use to make your buddies no. laugh. None of, that, none of that flies. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that makes me insane is like we have so little respect for our art because it <clears> is an <throat> art. And it's, mm-hmm. it's an art and it's a skill. Oh, sure. And um, people think that they can just do it because they make their buddies laugh. And it's like, nah, your buddies love you. Right. Your family loves you. They're right. laughing because they know you. Get in front of 300 motherfuckers who don't know who you are and don't care. Or, or the, the 300 motherfuckers that are waiting for the comedian going on three right? people in front of you. That's right. You know, That's exactly right. They haven't had any drinks yet. They're not feeling loose. They're annoyed yeah. because they just got 100%. in because parking was shitty. You know, so you, you 100%. never know. Yeah. Enjoying the podcast? If you'd like to show support for Rare Form, there are a couple of ways. Become a patron at patreon.com slash rareformradio. Make a one-time donation or choose from a few subscription levels paid monthly for extra benefits. Those extra benefits include bonus episodes not available to the public, exclusive live streams, more interactions with the gang, along with other special perks that will change over time. Choose your level of donation and know that your contributions go to keeping the show running and growing, paying crews behind the scenes, and just supporting independent artists. That's patreon.com slash rareformradio. You can also get Rareform merch by going to rareformradio.threadless.com. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, all kinds of silly shit. We're constantly adding new things and limited time only goodies. That's rareformradio.threadless.com. You can also help build the show by subscribing, leaving a review, and most importantly, leaving us a rating on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Lastly, Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram by searching at Rareform Radio. Thanks for supporting independent entertainment. Couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. Work yeah. Through? Cool. We have a question for Neil. Neil enjoyed your, uh, when you were talking about working with the Coen brothers. Oh, so yeah. his question is a uh, question for Helen. If she had to throw a shoe at the head of one of the Coen brothers, which <laughs> one would she pick? And you have to answer this. The older one, um, 
I think the older one is Ethan. <laughs> I didn't expect you to answer that quickly. So now I want to know why. I, I want to know why you answered so quickly. I, here's what I'll say about the Coen brothers. They're, They're not twins. Okay. But they should be twins. It's so insane. They're not twins. There's there's an older one and a younger one. I think there's like three years in between. They, they you know there's like a three year age difference in between. And there's one that's clearly an old, the big brother and one that's clearly the younger brother. And um, they share a brain. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest, uncanniest thing. I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we talked, but um, like we would do a take and I would never see them confer. They would just come right over. And like one would start a sentence and one would finish it or one would say one sentence and one would say the next sentence. But they were completely simpatico. It was like they were sharing a brain. It was the weirdest thing. Is that, could that maybe be because like their their writing is so specific that they really know every beat of the story back to front where they they do just know that? Maybe? Yeah, I think there there's definitely a level of that. And I do think um they're so close. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they they might as well be twins, I think. They're so close. They grew up together. I think, you know, I just I I imagine they must have been collaborating creatively all their lives in some mm-hmm. fashion or other. Right. Um, and they share a sensibility, they share um they share, a, a, you know, a background of art, you know, the, the kind of art that they're ingesting, um, that, you know, the kind of movies and music and, and pop culture that they're gravitating towards. I think they're so similar and simpatico that they really do share a brain. It's it's it was strange. Like, I really noticed it when I worked with them. They don't they don't you never see them like whispering like, I don't know. What do you do? I don't know. What did you think of it? They just know. They just are on the same page automatically. I've heard heard the same thing about the Fairley brothers too, that they are a similar thing where they're just on the same page. And um, maybe it's a brother thing. I wonder if the Softie brothers. I I was, I was thinking that because it's like, there's a lot of creative brothers that are like that. The Fairley brothers, the Cohen brothers, um, the brothers that do the Duffer brothers that do stranger things. Oh yeah. The Softie brothers, those guys, those new. Yep. They're great. So maybe there is something the Wachowski brothers before they became the Wachowski sisters. <laughs> I love that. I love that story. That's crazy. I, yeah. You know what? The thing that disappoints me the most about them is I feel like they've become, they're artistically more misogynistic as they became more female. <laughs> mm, well, women make worse movies, so it makes sense really, if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, I think about The Matrix and like Trinity is one of the most kick-ass female characters in film, right? Mm-hmm. Modern film, like such a fucking badass bitch. And then they became the Wachowski sisters and they made Jupiter Rising or whatever the fuck that piece of trash was. Oh, I didn't see it. But I did just watch The Matrix again for the first time um, uh, in a long time, like maybe two months ago. It's such Trinity. a great movie. Yeah, I mean, badass. she's like the baddest of asses and then if you can if you want to watch hot hot garbage go watch jupiter ascending or jupiter rising whatever it was that they made when they were the wachowski sisters female filmmakers telling you and it's me it's mila kunis as the lamest female character Oh, I know what you're talking about now. I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about now. She's supposed to be the queen of the universe, and she's the most helpless, like, I can't do anything. 
Yeah, Mila Kunis is she's a good actress, but she's not. I don't think she can. She's pull not the that. queen of the universe. No, and that's... her character in this movie is a pathetic, needs to be rescued by men. Sad. No. That role needs to go to Charlize. That's a Charlize role right there. Oh, Charlize, Charlize in Mad Max Fury Road. Let me tell you something. Fuck. The, without, without, there's no, there's no debate in my mind. The most beautiful person I have ever been face to face with in my life <gasps> is Charlize Theron. And I, I it, it was like, it takes your breath away how... She's more beautiful in person than she is on film, and she <gasps> is stunning on film. I couldn't believe it. I really Isn't couldn't she believe like it. 19 feet tall, too? Isn't That's she like the, I hate tall women. I really <laughs> I don't like it because I just I like I like little like li, little girls. I don't like little girls. I like little women. <laughs> I like a nice eight-year-old, you know, braces. No. no. Um, tall women don't don't do it for me, but she was like, she's like six feet tall, but fo- completely striking. And she wasn't wearing makeup. She was at a club, no makeup. And I was like, you know, maybe four feet from her. We kind of <sighs> were in the same eye, eye path. And I was just like, uh, uh, like it was like cartoon where my eyes pop out my tongue and my skeleton oh, disconnects. Oh, <laughs> exactly. <yeah>. Yes. <laughs> it was full on that. She's another one. I would eat that ass for days. Well, ass eating is my thing. And I would I would pay her, I would give her every dollar in my bank account if yeah. I could do that for her. Not to yeah. her, for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, she's it would be, stunning. She would enjoy it. But she's um, not stunning, not only stunning, but like she did Atomic Blonde. Did you see Atomic Blonde? She I did all her own it. stunts. Yeah. She did her own stunts. Yeah, she hurt herself too. I think she broke ribs or a broken ankle or something like that. Oh, <sighs> that is so hot. She's a badass. And Fury so Road, hot. you're at the shaved head. Mm. Helen. Damn, I would fight I, you to eat that ass. You can go first. You can go first. As <laughs> I'll just watch. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not in a rush. You know. Um, it's funny that you and I are both going to masturbate tonight to Charlize Theron. That's a <laughs> what a crazy thing. We're like we're getting really close th- this yes, month. Yes, we are. We're bonded. Um, we got one more question. This is a good one. This is a good one to end on. Um, I read tonight. This comes in from Steve, one of our Patreon supporters. Uh, I read tonight that Mark Wahlberg regrets doing Boogie Nights, considering it a bad career move, despite it being a great movie, in my opinion. My question is, what career decision do each of you look back on with most regret? Have a great show. And Helen, you've been brilliant to listen to this month. Oh, thank you so much. First of all, I hate Mark Wahlberg, personally. Okay. Quickly tell me why. Do you you know he has a racist past? I mean, he was... So... <clears throat> were you living in Massachusetts when his, him and all of his brothers were like the bad dudes of Boston? I was, I wasn't aware. I wasn't, okay. a, I probably was living in Massachusetts, but I wasn't aware of it. Like Acton is like 25 minute drive outside of the city. And I remember when I was young, like young, young hearing stories about the Wahlbergs. Like there were, there was, there's a reputation about the Wahlbergs. They were pieces of shit. I didn't know there was racist situations. What's the racist stuff? He was trying, uh, this came out recently because he was trying to get his juvenile record expunged because he's trying to be a sheriff, like a part-time sheriff or something. He also found God. Uh, When he was a juvenile, he uh, blinded a Vietnamese man permanently. Hmm. 
and he he has a, a history of racist attacks against uh, Asian men. Like him and his like thug friends would go chase down these and beat the shit out of these Asian men. Blinded one of them permanently. He there was an incident where he uh, they attacked a little black girl. She was like thirteen at the time. They hurled rocks at her and called her the N word. Hosp- she was hospitalized. That's how bad it was. And he has multiple juvenile records because he was a juvenile. They were sealed and didn't come to light. But because of his juvenile records, I guess it prevents him from becoming a like a what what is the term? Not part time sheriff, but like oh uh, uh, deputy sheriff, something like that. Okay. He's trying to be a sheriff. Okay, which already should tell you something. <laughs> Any Hollywood dipshit that's like, and I want to be a sheriff I mean, for real. There's only one that we know. Steven Seagal became a uh, a sheriff. Exactly, is a, is a total period. Piece of shit. That's I mean, come on, like that already. Say no more red flag, right? So this Hollywood douchebag wants to be a sheriff. Can't be a sheriff because he has this horrible juvenile record. Then attempted to get his juvenile record expunged. Um, like meaning a race, like, no, I didn't do any of this shit. Right. And Never it's happened. And it's bad. Like permanently blinded a guy. Yeah, that's not that's not permanently usually... blinded a guy and like not like attacked multiple Asian men, attacked a 13-year-old black girl when he was like 17, 16 or 17 or something. Again, going back to weak ass bitch pussies picking on people who are weaker than them. A 13-year-old black girl. You and your fucking fucko bros are 16 and you're going to go attack a 13-year-old black girl. Call her an N-word. Hurl rocks at her and send her to the hospital. You want that shit expunged? Also, great. This is all shit that you happened when you were a kid. I was a kid. I was an idiot. I didn't know anything. Say sorry. Right. Acknowledge it. That see, I, I was acknowledge. About to, I, I was about to bring up the point of like, it's not okay. But they were they were also teenagers. They were also children. Say sorry. But just acknowledge. It's amazing. Like um, a sorry can go a long. A, a sorry so, can fix everything. So much. Yeah. So much. A sorry, like a deep heartfelt public apology. I was a piece of shit. I was 16. I didn't know any better. I am so, so sorry. Mm-hmm. That can go so far. Never. He's never publicly apologized. He's never acknowledged. He's tried to get his record scratched, like his record like erased. And he's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Has he set up uh, center in Boston in Southie for Southie youth that are still running around saying the n-word and attacking black and Asian people today because we all know what Southie is like we all know what Boston is like it's still the same ass shit have you set up a center for understand for education a, a youth center in in Dorchester for black youth a youth center in, you know in Roxbury for black youth no, none of you ain't done none of this shit. So go fuck all the way off, Mark Wahlberg. Go suck a big black and Asian dick. <laughs> I, I hate uh, him so much. I, I did not expect the show to be two hours long <laughs> and to be bookended by I'm Helen so, I'm losing I'm her so, shit. I am like, I have had such a week and I hate racists <laughs> so much. Oh, you don't like them? You're anti-racist. Okay, just be sure. On the record. Everyone, Helen's on the record being anti-racist. I have had such a short fuse all week and like, like, 
cut like anybody who's even gonna look at me funny for the rest of this week. Like God fucking help you. You are fired. <laughs> I am fired. I'm up. so mad. I'm so mad. You you should like you should lead marches or something. You're good. I should. You're good. Thank you. You're good. Thank Just you. but it's always marches against Wahlbergs. That's it. <laughs> lead the, the million I hate women march. So much. I hate him so much. Like. You're in a position of power. You're in a position of authority. These Southie pieces of shit look up to you. Go, go do something. So the question was, uh, is, there <laughs> any, is there any career moves, uh, anything you've done in your career that you regret? Yeah, I, rem- I regret not fucking way more people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me rephrase. Is there a job... That you regret or something that you regret either doing or not doing. Doing or not doing. No, I mean, as far as I can tell, there's nothing. Maybe I regret doing this podcast if Mark Wahlberg comes after it. No, I don't. I absolutely don't. Okay. I, okay. I don't. I 100% don't. I have said, I mean, I, I tirade on my, tw- my very public Twitter feed about Mark Wahlberg regularly. Oh, I love Every, it. Like everyone who follows me on Twitter knows I think he's a piece of shit. I auditioned to be in a movie with Mark Wahlberg. And I wanted to get this movie so badly for the express purpose so that I could be in the same room as Mark Wahlberg. You would so bring that it up? I could say to him, obviously I wouldn't rant the way that I ranted here, but that I could say, look, a public apology goes so far. Like this black girl, the 13-year-old black girl has said a couple of years ago, she came out and said, no, I don't forgive him. He never asked me for his forgiveness. Mm. I don't forgive him. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And she Fair. has every right to. Of course, of course. She has every right to. He never said sorry to her. You know, forgive and forget is a saying, but usually that comes after an apology or some kind of acknowledgement. You got to like... An apology puts the ball into the other person's court. Mm-hmm. Like it it, it serves up a, on a platter mm-hmm. something for the other person. Yeah. If you yeah. don't apologize, the ball's still in your court. Mm-hmm. And it's not in their court. And it's not fair to them. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's not fair to them. If you've wronged someone and you just expect them to uh, forgive you without being asked for forgiveness, that's so shit. It's like, how saintly do you need this other fucking person to be? Mm-hmm. You need to take responsibility. Agreed. Agreed. I'm sorry. I'm so, like, so, I'm sorry that we... So I'm the question so, was... <laughs> so the question is, have you ever... <laughs> Do you regret taking any any gig? I don't or, regret or anything. Passing? I've never yeah. done. I've never done nudity. I wish I had been asked. I wish that I had. I wish I had more shit to regret. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I had been offered some skeevy porn. <laughs> I'll offer you skeevy porn. I, I mean, I've I don't, never I, been my, offered. The low I've budget. never been offered like a like a trashy sex scene where my tits are like. I've never. I've never done any of that stuff. So would like, you do it? Would you do nudity? I imagine uh, that call to your parents would be harder than the Amy's pregnant and she doesn't have a, there's no father uh, discussion. (laughs) I think so. I think so. I I mean, the funniest thing is that so far, like 
as far as like the shit that my parents know about, like they think I'm so squeaky clean. I do this NPR podcast that's a mm-hmm. PG really rated podcast, and I do CNN. Like I've done CNN. Like those are the highest profile things according to my parents because right. they're the things that my parents know about. Of course, is, like the NPR and the CNN, like. They think I'm just like the squeaky cleanest person. They're not, they're not big listen- Silicon Valley they're not, fans, or they're not know. listening to rare form radio and hearing me like hearing me spout off like all the shit that I spout off about. I've I've had to I've my mom every now and then ba- back when I did a show with Navarro called Dark Matter, um, my mom would listen. And then one day we're talking on the phone. She goes, "Yeah, I made the mistake of listening the other night, and <laughs> you were talking about like." masturbating and I I don't think I should listen anymore and I was like mom I I wish you would never ever ever listen like I do not promote dark matter or rare form on Facebook and I I I could probably build a good audience with my friends and people don't do it because of your mom no because of my I have so much family on there I don't want my family to hear the majority of the stuff that I say like I know you know, I have a couple, a couple family members, like my, my cousin Dave, who has, he's been on this show and he's a, he's fucking awesome. We, we have different beliefs, but he's rad. He's a great dude. And he's like a brother, but like my aunts and uncles, my dad, my, you know, yeah. I would be mortified. if. Oh a lot my of them God. Can heard. you imagine if your dad heard you talk about the time you almost sucked a dick or you No, I'm telling you, he, he would, he would wait for me to go visit him and then it would be a murder suicide. He would kill me and then kill himself. That's what he would do. Or kill himself in front of me. Be like, this is what you did to me. This is what you've done. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he would, I don't think he'd be thrilled. Your dad would not be cool with you either fucking or dude or sucking a dick. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, yeah, no, I, I haven't regretted anything. I mean, knock on wood, I haven't done anything really catastrophic for my career. Um, I just, I just, we randomly saw this YouTube video, like for some reason, a YouTube video clicked up as a suggestion on like why Hollywood um, banished Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh yeah. Who was the star of Showgirls. And of I'm course. like, well, what do you think? I mean, she, <laughs> she was, was, she was the lead. Buck naked. Well, she was a lead in one of the most famously terrible movies of all famously time. Famously like, terrible movies. And she just was naked the whole movie. Right. And just over the top with the fucking, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's it's so, the most non-porno porno that anyone has ever made. I I I personally love Showgirls because it's deliciously bad. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like the Room, or it's like Troll Two, or something like. There's, it's like a, you love it because it's terrible. Yeah, it's it's like it's the Jersey Shore, uh, but like a film or something. Yeah, you know? I I just I mean I, yeah, I've been super lucky. I haven't. I haven't been offered. I mean, I would do those things, honestly. Nobody's offered those things to me. Honestly, my regret is like, I've done excellent work that no one has seen. Like this Patrick Stewart show, four people watched it. Oh, buddy. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I mean, literally like one time we got, I learned what the viewership numbers were and it was literally like a hundred thousand people had seen it. Which I mean, if you guys don't and understand, and it was a national that is, show. That's nobody. Nobody's on watching. Stars. Mm. Like, first of all, who the fuck has stars? By the way, have you noticed this about stars? Stars is always like you know you watch movie TV now, everything's in 4K or 1080. It's super clear. Brand new shows on stars are like 240. It's <gasps> like it always everything. Is that it true? looks stars just looks terrible. It looks like. 
you're looking, you're watching it through an 89 uh, camcorder, <laughs> you know, bullshit. It looks, it just, it looks bad. That. The presentation is bad. I could be crazy, but every time I've watched stars, it looks like oh, I'm watching weird. a bootleg VHS tape. <laughs> So if stars, I mean, maybe if that's watching, part of the problem. Fuck you, stars. Yeah, I just, I like, and the sad thing is, like, we did two seasons, oh, and God. Patrick Stewart was the lead, and like, incredible actors, like a lot of amazing improv stars, Karen Sony, who plays the Indian cabbie in Deadpool, he's in it. Like, oh yeah, such stare. Like, it the show was so fucking funny, and four people watched it, and like, I was funny, and like. It was Moby plays (laughs) Moby. The musician plays the new guy that his, that Patrick Stewart's ex-wife goes for. And they're like, we think he has, she has a type. (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. I mean, the show was so good and nobody watched it. So like, if I have any regrets, it's like, I wish more people would have watched some of the really good shit that I was What happened? What happened with that show? Did it just bad, no promotion or no Bad promotion, reviews? no buzz. Okay. Um, I think that they, I mean, I am gaga over uh, Patrick Stewart, but I don't think, Listen, like, Patrick's, yeah. yeah, like, the average person isn't like, I need to watch the latest Patrick Stewart vehicle. Like, it's just not, you know? Um, and uh, Sadly, sad to say, but, like, mm-hmm. nobody's, like, clamoring to see, like, oh, my God, he, right. he's the lead. Let's, right. I have to go watch Stars now, sadly. So, um yeah, I mean, I've I've been in a bunch of stuff that like very few people have even like inside Lewin Davis. Right. Nobody watched it. Yep. Right. I know. I, I am a Cohen Brothers. I love their films, and <clears throat> that's like the only one I haven't gone to see in the theater. I was like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll catch it. I'll catch it in yeah, the hotel on some did. off day, and I don't. And I can't tell you why I felt that way. It just like I'm like that, that was a cool moody. That's I a can moody tell movie. you why. There's no plot. <laughs> But you don't know that. Do you know that from the trailer? I don't remember the trailer. Can you tell that there's no plot? Does it not lay it's, out a story? Everything for you? about the movie is muted. So even oh. like the cinematography, if you notice the cinematography, it's almost black and white. It's like the beginning like, part of Oh Brother Art Thou before they brought the color in. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But it stays yeah, that way. It's it's not quite it's not black and white, but it's so muted like the color. They they obviously pur- they purposely did it and they have like a world-class cinematographer, but they wanted the colors to be muted. They wanted the film stock, like everything about it to be muted and kind of dull looking. And like even the Coen brothers joke, like I read a quote that was a joke where they were like, we realized there was no plot. That's why we brought the cat in because <laughs> there's cool. like a running joke about a cat okay. in the okay. movie. And and kind of like there is no plot other than the cat. And just it's just a, it's a character study about this really sad artist and all the mistakes that he makes for comics. It's very I mean, I know a lot of comics that like reached out to me was like, Helen, I watched this movie and it rocked my world. It's my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I can't believe you're in it. Because because we all know comics and musicians that do this. It's like you fuck up your own life. Right. So it's by, by it's relatable, but yeah. not to the masses like it's no. supposed. It's relatable to a, a niche exactly area exactly. of entertainers, which is a, a small thing too. And I mean, everybody was in it. Justin Timberlake was in it. Carrie Mulligan is in it. Oscar Isaac was the lead. I mean, like the um, John Goodman is in it. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. F. Murray Abraham yep. is fucking in it. Like the like, I get to say that I was in a movie with John Goodman and F. Murray Abraham. It's pretty great. 
if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never met them other than like on the red carpet when we were doing press. But mm-hmm. like, doesn't matter. You're but in like, the film. I can, it can say yeah. I can say that. But yeah, it's just it's not a blockbuster by any means. It's so rare. Like, it's rare that a movie with no real plot does. The only one I can think of right now. There's probably more, but like Napoleon Dynamite has no plot. Like there, there's no. Nerdy kid eats tater tots It's a character yeah. study right. about, uh, um, you know, an obtuse character, but there's mm-hmm. nothing really that happens. Right. right. Yeah. So sometimes it works. It just didn't didn't catch that one, I guess. Yeah. But. And I, I sadly feel like a lot, there's a lot of my best work that I've done so far has been sort of like that a little bit under the radar and like not that well seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was on Silicon Valley, the final season, a lot of people watched that and that was like fire. I loved it so much. And see, that was great because that was a surprise for me. I didn't know that you were going to be on it. And so, uh, my wife and I were watching, I'm like, oh, that's Helen. Holy shit. And it was cool. It was exciting. It was Thank really, you. really exciting. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, that's two hours. Should we wrap this up? Hell yeah. Did good. Now Helen, that I've got my blood boiling about Mark. Again. You need to smoke some weed or something before you go to bed. You, you I can't... do. I need to come down. I'm so mad. <laughs> you're gonna wake up with a sore neck and like you're you're gonna be bleeding out of your nose with like anger blood and just you gotta calm down. Rub one out to Charlize and Angelina and Brad. Oh, and, that is uh, such. You know what? That is an excellent way to go out. I'm gonna rub one out to Charlize. Mm. At a girl. At a girl. Um, seriously, I I really do want to thank you for joining me this month. It's been really great I, I feel like we've we've built a friendship on this we show have. and uh thank you very much for for doing this not knowing what we do here um I, I i appreciate it it's really been great having you on here i thank you for inviting me it's been so great to get to know you i love that we could talk about anything and everything and we talked about my like sexual fantasies mm-hmm. and and we sure did. And, and and ranting about racism and um and sharing your thing with Marilyn Manson I know it, the timing was so crazy that I happened to be on with you like when this Manson thing was going down yeah but I appreciate your forthcomingness and and your courage like I, the, again I keep going back to that that quote spineless guys don't be spineless yeah we all say know something, the right say thing to something. do yeah. yeah we all even, know what the right thing is to do even if you wait five years eventually say something okay everybody because <laughs> that's what I did um but uh, please follow Helen. She has a lot more great work to do. When comedy comes back, check her out wherever she's going to be. Follow at Funny Helen Hong on Twitter, Instagram. Do you have a Facebook page? Do you have like a do you have like a public profile? Fuck Facebook. Yeah, no, just I mean... go, to, go to Twitter, Instagram. Um, hopefully you have some work coming up that we'll see at some point. Um, follow her podcast. She has a new one called Job Sleet. Go Fact Yourself and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is on NPR. Is that right? That's right. And uh, hopefully you'll do more and uh, maybe you'll come back sometime as just, uh, just a guest. But Helen, thank you very much. Everybody thank else, thank you for, I want to thank the listeners because, uh, you know, a lot of people that listen to this have, have been following uh, my entire radio podcast career going back to Dark Matter with Dave, which started in 2009. And uh, the last few weeks have been crazy. And I want to tell the listeners that um, I've gotten all your messages, whether I respond or not, I see them. I appreciate it. Thank you for having my back when people are being stupid online. It shouldn't matter. It's not real life. But I just want you to know that I, I, I see it. I feel it. Thank you. Um, and that's it. Helen, thanks again. Thank and. You. Uh, I'll, I'll see you in uh, in a few days, maybe. 
uh, from a from a safe distance. I'll see you in a few days. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right, everybody. Um, remember that tomorrow was just the futures yesterday. Thank you for joining us on Rare Form Radio, and we'll see you next week with a brand new, a new uh, Rare Form residency co-host. I locked in this person tonight. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you anything. So you'll be surprised next week. Helen, thank you, and everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. This is Lola, and I'm here to tell the world to stop being such pussies and listen to Rare Form Radio.